pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello London, hello world. This is Resonance 104.4 FM and you're listening to One Life Left, No Continues. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left No Continues, Resonance 104.4 FM's video game book club. On the show tonight, me, Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scantlebury. And along with our esteemed panel, we're going to be discussing games themed around curiosity. You guys excited? So excited. Curious. Are you curious, Anne? Uh, I don't know if my curiosity has been fulfilled this week or if I'm curious for more. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Uh, we have to introduce our panel. There's no yes, time to do. lose. Why don't you do that, Steve? Okay, let's start on <laughs> the right. <laughs> with Kara. Hello. Hey, Kara. Welcome, welcome back. back. Yay! How are you doing? Back. I'm good, thank you. Have you had a good week? I did have a good week, What yes. have you been doing? Oh, just making games as usual. That's what I do. I'll rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> have you enjoyed the games this week? Yes, I have. Although I... I even though they're sort of more, I don't know, sort of gamey games, I guess. Oh, that's a terrible description. But essentially, they're slightly more gamey this, this week, I think, than last week, where it, where it was just kind of more like a scary experience, more like, I think. So this week, it's kind of more, yeah, like more stuff to do in them, I think. Interesting. Well, you'll be introducing the first of those games in just a moment. But our second guest this week is uh, new to No Continues, and it's Daria. Hiya. Hey, Daria, how are you doing? I'm um, not too bad. So what are, you, what are your expectations from One Life Less book group this week? Not to embarrass myself to start with. Really? It's all <laughs> about you then? No, not at all. Um, <laughs> I think it's, it's quite nice kind of to immerse myself in that gaming world that I don't normally venture out to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of nice to chat about that. Okay, good. Uh, you're going to be introducing, I think, our second game this week. Yep. But uh, we will come back to that after we've talked to our remaining two panellists, Gav. Hello. Hi, how's it going? You're you're a regular on One Life Left now. Well, yeah, I guess so. You've been you, on... Yeah, you feature regularly on One Life Left, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> don't you? I get it. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's good, that's really good. Thanks. I like it. Uh, should, we, should we explain that? Gav, uh, so you're from where? I'm one quarter of the sexiest damn podcast on the internet, uh, regular features. Oh, uh, that's only because you can't divide us by four. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> point. Actually. We're a third, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. makes us better. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Gav. Uh, you, have you enjoyed the games this week? Uh, yeah, I have, on the most part, I think. Um, okay. I think I've enjoyed them most because I think you, Simon, didn't like a lot of them. So I think... Right. Well, we'll Simon. find out about that. Okay. Who, who knows? <laughs> right now, Simon, you're very open-minded, aren't you, Simon? <laughs> yeah, I think Gavin's <laughs> cracking on to me, actually. <laughs> I'm negging you. Yeah. <laughs> and returning for the second week in a row, Aoife. Hello, hello. Hello, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good, welcome back. Did you enjoy last week? I did, I did very much. And I have to say, I... Um, I think I enjoyed the games last week more than this week, but um, we'll we'll get to that. Okay, we'll see. Well, the first game of this week, uh, the first game that we're going to talk about is Proteus. Cara, do you want to introduce Proteus? Hello. So, 
Proteus uh, is a kind of, uh, it, it sort of generates a world, and I think the world is different each time. And it's sort of a first person game where you, uh, you explore this world, and not really that much happens, but it's very beautiful and a pixelated sort of landscape. And the, uh, the frogs and the squirrels and things you come across in the land uh, are all sort of, they all make a different noise that actually is sort of integrated into the very beautiful, very sort of sonorous soundtrack um, it's very nice and sort of more of an experience how does, how does Proteus begin? Um, it begins when you uh, it's sort of like you're opening your eyes and you're in the sea and then you sort of glide across the sea towards this island and then um, this the island is full of like trees and and you know nothing right? You yeah nothing you don't know anything about it you just explore so it is very much about curiosity and what's what's the goal of the game? There isn't really a goal. It's just to explore, I think. It just is a game that you just you you play for as long as you want to and you you might experience something that is fairly unique to you, I think. So you you kind of come across uh something that might not happen to someone else in quite the same manner. Um like for example, there's um if you, if you go up a hill or I went up a hill and um there's a kind of there's like standing stones and if you stand right in the center of the standing stones and then look up at this sort of beautiful starry sky, then there's um like lots of fireflies will sort of like fly around you and then the whole world will sort of like change seasons and um and it'll just kind of in a beautiful way just like all sort of I don't know, it's a kind of a, a weird experience where everything sort of con like convalesces on you. Gav. What was the first thing you did in Proteus? Um, after swimming across the little sea, I followed... Uh, well, it's interesting you said squirrel or frog, because I thought what I was following was, like, a rabbit or something. Mm -hmm. And it makes, like, a little noise and... There's been a lot of confusion about animals, oh, really? okay, hasn't there? Yeah. No, recently in this country, hasn't there? <laughs> yeah, I thought exactly. I was eating a cow. <laughs> <laughs> it's very topical. Um, I haven't come across any cows in Proteus yet. Um, but, yeah, I followed this rabbit for a little bit, and it makes this really cute noise, and the closer you get to it, the, the louder the, sort of the noise becomes. Um, and then I left the rabbit and there was like this sort of ring of I don't know little white things started making a noise when I got closer to it I was playing and my girlfriend was watching going what is this game what have you got to do I was like well right now I'm following this rabbit thing um, <laughs> see, where, see where that takes me did you try and play it cool with her you know, um, I, I'm not really interested in this world. You know, I just got to do it. <laughs> no, because I, I was, I was generally just because okay. I, hooked, I hooked up to my big TV. I got a big like 42 inch TV, and I played it on that and sort of tried to immerse myself in it and got really sort of arty fartsy about it mm -hmm. when she tried to go this is rubbish. Eva, <laughs> <laughs> how did you get on with it? Um, I think uh, Proteus is going to be quite, or it is a quite a divisive game, and that. Um, well, people are saying, is it a game or isn't it really? Um, because it doesn't have any goals and, you know, there are no rewards for, for wandering around and exploring, a lot of people will probably be bored by it. But for me, it I really enjoyed it just because of the sort of emergent soundscape that comes from, like, wandering around and sort of, you know, exploring. And, you know, what the first, one of the first things I did was to go around and chase, like, the frog things as well and just sort mm -hmm. of... It's a rabbit, it's a rabbit. It's, it's a frog! <laughs> Listen to the sound that it makes. It's totally a frog. But, um, yeah, it's... it's it's just like it's just like you you're given a garden and you just wander around it really it's like going for a nice walk that's that's the best way of describing it yeah i think proteus is one of the only games that i i am willing to start up really when i get home from work I, just just because i kind of feel like i, I work with games all day and or I, i'm writing about games and then i get home from from that and then i kind of it's the only game that I think this is kind of almost like a therapy it's from relaxing, the other games. Right? There, I just I, I get sort of so tired of challenge and just crazy things happening in games. I'm just like actually I just want to wander around in a nice world and for a while. Listen to the nice sounds and yeah. yeah, it's there's no pressure on you to do things or complete or you know anything like that. It's yeah. just you're just enjoying it for the sake of it. Yeah. When you started up, what are you hoping to achieve or what are you hoping will happen to you? I think there are a number of sort of isolated, say, events or experiences in Proteus that you're actually looking for when you start up. You don't know when you first start up that this is what you're looking for. But uh, as you sort of start up again and again, you start start to think, oh, I hope I see a squirrel or I, ho I hope I see those weird plants that make those kind of weird noises. Or, you know, I hope I, you know, get to see like some bees today because um, you can sort of come across these like little bee sort of clouds and things and they kind of chase you around and they're very cute and they make 
make noise. Um, and so that's what you're kind of looking for, I think, after you, after a while. You're like, oh, I, I hope I see some of those today. Um, yeah. Daria, what did you see inside Proteus? I actually didn't get to play Proteus, oh, but really? right now I feel really gutted because I think it'll be quite quite up my street. Uh, Simon, should she be gutted? No, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, I refuse to play this one uh, because I've been stung by um, Journey, which I thought was terrible. What? Yeah, yeah. I know. I dared to say it, and now, maybe it's, maybe it's and actually, you're relieved, aren't you, that somebody said this? No, I'm Yeah, f- flower. Rubbish. No. Yeah, also true. At least both those games you sort of had a, well, they had a, a very definite start and an end. This sounds like a rubbish looking Skyrim with all the good bits taken out of yeah. it. Yeah. Well, there is the secret dragon. Have you found the secret dragon? Me? No, I've still got my £10. <laughs> it's £7. Well, it's I seven saw the secret dragon, so... Simon, what is it about those games that you don't like? Well, I think, I, obviously, um, they're, uh, they're just not to my taste. I think um, the pressures on um, my time is that... I, I mean, I'm a big fan of linear games to start off with, OK? Um, I like to know where I'm starting. I get paralysed by choice, so... Um, I had to stop playing Dark Souls because I couldn't. I didn't know how the be- the best way to spend my my points in between level, and I. But I don't know what to do, so I had to stop it um, at, at a certain point. And yeah, I just. I, I don't, you know, Cara, you, you're describing what you're doing. It, 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 you know, it doesn't sound like a game to me. Ooh, but in a way, in a way, isn't the, the thing here that I can understand that paralysed by choice thing in Dark Souls? Yeah. Because you are presented with a number of options and you know that there's one right one somewhere in there. In Proteus, there are an infinite number of options. There are never even questions posed to you. So it's not like being paralysed by choice. You're just always moving and always doing different yeah, things, I'd, but there is no choice in there. Well, that's it. Just... I'd, I'd just still be waiting for stuff to happen, for mm-hmm. it to move on, I think. Um, yeah, you know, I, it's it just just really, you know, I, I, I tried to get on board with you lot with Journey. <laughs> and, As and youngsters. I, I just felt lied to. I felt like, like you know, some people were saying, this is, you know, the most emotional game I've ever played, and I cried and, and yeah I but journey's absolutely linear yeah no 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 absolutely so i prefer so yeah but 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 nothing happens in it essentially right. like you just push forward it's like a final fantasy 13 just push forward and, and 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 that's it but yeah it just i don't know it just yeah it's it's not for me art uh, so yes so to me this seems like the thing that i could find a correlation uh, with is big site specific theatrical performances where you enter and you're not given you're not told where to go you're not told what the story is but you go and find experiences for yourself and then you come out and go and say to all your friends uh yeah did you see that bit in the corner where you got taken into a room and someone told you to do a shot and they're like no oh i wish i'd have seen that bit and you come out feeling quite worthy and good about yourself and like you've had the experience and it's and everybody wants to have the experience and it kind of seems quite a lot like that mm. you're writing stories i yeah. think we mm-hmm. talked about this mm-hmm. last week right in the in the sort of horror universes that those are more affecting when the story feels personal it feels mm. like you're witnessing something that's just for you and i think what you're talking about in these theatrical uh, site installations yeah. is that you go in there and you feel like you're the only person who's experienced those things in that order or those and, things and from that angle it gives you a relationship with the game or the performance or whatever mm-hmm. and so that's why you love it you're like oh because i had this experience or i i had that experience Experience. It's not an experience that I was told to have, and it's not an experience anybody else would have. And so that's why you feel attached to it. Simon, you have no emotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I can see that. I'm, I'm clearly um, uh, outnumbered here. I, I mean, I don't understand where Proteus came from. I don't understand why everybody is, in, is enjoying it. I do feel as if... Well, I don't think they are. I think there's <clears throat> very, very many people on, on your but, side. But people like you, you know, you lot. <laughs> <laughs> people with souls. I, <laughs> we didn't talk about this. Um, I played Capsule at Game City, and and I didn't get that either. But but it started off amazingly well. I was led across the city by two people in white coats. It's like this is brilliant. And then I sat in a very small room and played a game I didn't understand. And then I left, and they said, "Did you enjoy it?" And I went, "Yeah, it's good." <laughs> and that was a lie. 
Interesting. Yeah, maybe I just don't get these things. I, yeah, I, I mean, I can see it, but I'm playing Alpha Protocol at the moment. Can we talk about that? Because it's very, <laughs> it's very good. Do you feel like it's like a like an Emperor's New Clothes thing? Oh, very, very much so. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was so angry with everybody who said that they liked Journey because I did spend ten pounds on that, and yeah, there was an ending, but it was two hours too late as far as I was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Are you afraid that someone's going to come around, like, pull the wool and go, actually, we were all joking about Proteus. It was, yeah, it was a that's big what joke. I suspect is, Aha, is, is, everyone is happening. Said it was Absolutely, yeah. We live, yeah. Was it disappointing to anyone else here at all? Um, I don't I don't think it was disappointing. I think that it's just something that you you just create it for yourself really. I mean, as you were saying, and like it, it it's you know, it's it's created for you every time you, you start the game because the island is different every time you play mm-hmm. it and you're creating your experiences. And for me I didn't have any sort of um I didn't have any preconceived notions about the game, so I was just, you know, experiencing it for the sake of doing it and there was no pressure to find things or do things. So, you know, for that reason I enjoyed it for its own merits. Would it be a, a better game if it was ticking off the things that you'd seen? If when you saw the the fireflies, it went ding, achievement unlocked. <laughs> that would just that would yeah, that would completely sort of you know ruin the experience. Really, mm-hmm. it's just it, there, it shouldn't be about. I mean, that's that's the problem with gamer mentality. You know, it's all about you know collecting achievements and trophies and doing better than other people. Whereas this, they're just giving you a little a little sort of garden to play in for you know forty minutes to an hour. It's just you alone, and you you can do whatever you like, and nobody else is there with you and that's kind of the point I think that that's part of the magical sort of side of the game to me that you don't know what's inside this universe at all you don't know what you're going to see and like we were saying earlier there is no choice you just I followed the rabbit or the fox or whatever it is and bounded across this and found myself on top of a hill with a a black tower there I don't know what any of these things are or Mm. what they mean or how they interlink I haven't played it enough yet but that's kind of exciting to me not knowing what's over the hill and games these days as soon as they come out they're they're blown wide open and you only have to look at the um, the achievement list and see what's blanked out to know what to expect and go, okay, I've got 97 out of 100 packages, I should go and explore this quadrant and this quadrant and this quadrant. There's none of this in this game, right? And that's that's pretty exciting to me, I think. It's the mystery. I like the mystery. Curious. I like the social bit of it. Like I said, like I played it for <clears throat> about 45 minutes on Saturday morning, then spoke to somebody else who had played it. And we had completely different experiences. And that was the cool thing, because that made me... After playing for 45 minutes, I thought, well, I'm done with it. I don't want to go back to it now. Mm -hmm. Then speaking to somebody else and them having a completely different experience made me want to go back and play it. Although, yeah, I haven't had the same thing where I've come up from work going, oh, I've got to play this game. (laughs) Okay, we'll have a piece of music, and then we'll be back to talk about a different game. here which is entirely the opposite of the Proteus soundtrack. Uh, This is National Broadcast Network, 7 billion volts. We were just talking about those postcard moments in Proteus and I remember that when I I got the game I had no idea uh, what was going on and I explored, as I said, saw this black tower and I thought, the ocean's massive, what's in that direction? And just jumped into the ocean and just swam for ages. Now it turns out, as far as I know, there is nothing in that direction. But as that was happening, the sun started to set, and I could tell the light was changing. The sun was setting behind me, and I turned around. The sun was dropping over the island I just explored, and I could see silhouetted against the sun the tower that I'd just been up against. And that was pretty magical. And then I kept swimming for another half an hour. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing happened. That does sound like fun, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it sounds like more fun because of this music. No. <laughs> I can play the game with this music over the top of it or like some crazy dubstep. Maybe like, you have a completely different experience. Do you know what? I haven't played the game, but from what you guys said, it kind of sounds a bit like Sims, but stripped away from all the items, all the furniture, where essentially you can start off with 
that's building a house and that's all you do or you could just like try and kill off a person by uh, secluding them in a room and you can do that mm. and I think that's Simon's issue it's kind of it lacks all that all those directions and you can you can just literally do whatever and it's just so out of your comfort zone just Oh, I'm, I'm very comfortable with very big, big bad games. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure it's fine. It's just, I, you know, having not got Flower and Journey, this seems, the reaction to this seems very similar. Um, and I think yeah, you're too much I'm of just, a man for this. Do you think so? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a compliment <laughs> in which it was intended. I think it was a neg. <laughs> Daria. Yep. Tell us about Curiosity. Basically, Curiosity is uh, Peter Molyneux and 22 Can's brainchild, which is kind of a game, but also a social experiment, as they describe it. Um, it is a game where everyone works towards uncovering one truth that could potentially change your life, but only one person will find it out, um, which is in a way unfair, because, you know, some people are just unlucky, like myself. I keep chicken chipping away, but I'm like, I'm not going to find so it how out. So how do we uncover this truth? Basically, you get a cube in mm -hmm. a sort of space and you could rotate it and pick any kind of side of it that you want and you just start chipping away by pixel by pixel. Okay. Uh, you get points for those pixels and you can spend them in store for um, um, different kind of tools that can speed up the process. And the more money you have, the faster it can go and the kind of the more you can uncover. Um, they also urge you to kind of be creative with it and maybe like chip away bits to form um, I don't know, a picture of a dinosaur or a flower or something. Do people do dinosaurs and flowers? No, they don't. Not on my cube. <laughs> Not on my cube they don't. Mm. Um, so that's essentially it. Um, uh, how big is this cube? It is enormous when you actually zoom in on the pixels. So um, big. It is so big. It could take you Say I play it on my way to work and the way back, and I think it would take me a year, a probably, year. to go through it if I was just doing it all by myself. I don't know. That's that's half an hour journey one way, hour um, a day, five hours a week. Okay. Do you do the math? Sounds like a lot of effort <laughs> just to uncover one big truth. It is. It is. I think it's down again. That's why it's called curiosity. It's just how curious you are, and they kind of push towards that in, in a lot of aspects. So say if you go into the store um, there are some tools that can, can only be unlocked at certain times. So there's one tool that can only be unlocked at 10 o'clock in the evening mm -hmm. um, and kind of in the tagline it says how curious are you? Like are you curious enough to actually wait till 10 o'clock to go in there and be like right I'm buying this. But you have to have like 3 billion coins which would probably take right. you a year. So it seems like, to me this is very focused curiosity mm -hmm. whereas uh, a game like Proteus is just general. Just explore see what you can find. Maybe there's stuff out there maybe there isn't here. Curiosity is saying there is one truth. Guys, there is something inside this box, which is a natural human emotion, right? We all want to say, what, see what's inside that box. And the only way we're all going to find out is by collaboratively chipping away, doing the most mundane task more than you can think of mm. for a year. But do you know what? I think... Uh, what I, I, I'm not quite sold on that because it's the truth that comes from Peter Molyneux's mind and I don't know whether I'm that <laughs> curious to find it out okay. say if the scientists that discover the truth from the um, Hydrant Collider were like alright we're going to put it in the cube one person's going to find out how the universe was made I was like yeah damn I'm going to be doing this I right. really care about that okay. whereas it could be like Peter Molyneux saying vertical stripes don't actually make you look fat. I was like, yes, <laughs> now I know. Um, so I really yeah, that. Mm. I probably, I probably, I don't know, maybe I'd call it patience or dedication because it does require a lot of that. And I think you have to be a certain type of person to enjoy it. Say if you're a bit OCD with having your space clean, you're going to enjoy cleaning up your screen from the pixels. Like you, It makes you feel good. And it also provides a way of cheating the game because once you clean off the, the whole screen, you get bonus points and you can just move it up a tiny bit and just clean up one level, one layer of pixels and you get that bonus, which is how I kind of started cheating the game. Um, you hacked Curiosity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you beat the Molyneux. Simon, surely games don't get much more directed and linear than this. Yeah, that, see, now this definitely isn't a game, is it? It is just, just a joke. I mean, it is. Absolutely. Pocket Gamer optimistically decided that they were going to do the Curiosity Diary. So every day they were going to write about what was happening in Curiosity. And very quickly it becomes evident that actually all people are doing is just drawing genitals on yeah. it and, and, and that sort of thing. And uh, the guy who's writing it, is, it's just it's like watching a man go mad. Is this still going? <laughs> yes. How long has this but, been going for uh, now? But they've moved it to weekly. And he's just talking about <laughs> other stuff But now. how long has uh, Curiosity oh, been up for? Maybe. Um, since just before he announced he was going to kickstart Goddess, surprisingly. Interesting. Yeah, in 
a, in a so um, four four months or so. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been going. It's been going for a while. I I just do not understand it. We we all rush, like everybody. We we, we rush to download it, but in the same way that we rush to get invited to Google Plus. Do you remember? Like we were so excited about these things. But I, I believe Google Plus is starting to work out now. Is what it? about well, MySpace? <laughs> I'm back that on MySpace. Right, okay, so I'm like, we're friends, but I think. Was I've, it I've left again. Someone, I'm back on Friendster. Share? Someone shared um, Call Me Maybe, and after that, I was like, no, I have no faith in this. <laughs> sounds like me. <laughs> and I think it was like Matt but, Lees or someone. Sounds like Matt. But yeah, no, so it, it, I think it's a game in a certain, I, in a certain sense, in that in we were just, it was Peter Molyneux seeing how far he could push us. Mm-hmm. We'd become his drones. I think so. Yeah, yeah it's. Yeah. Sh- it's it's just horrendously dull. I found it like I couldn't cope with that day in day out, and I'm sure it is slowing down now, right? People are playing it less than they did to begin with. I think people's curiosity is starting to wane slightly. Right, right. But now there's light coming out of it. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Is there not light coming out of there anyone is. Yeah, else? There is. Okay, yeah. good. There's so that's exciting. So you think there must be something in there. There's light in the box. He's just teasing you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be another five layers before we get to see yeah. what the light is. I have uh, a question. Um, I kind of logged on uh, a couple of days ago and I saw a picture on it and then it kind of disappeared once I rotated the cube. Was that a glitch or was uh, that... there are pictures on it. Once, one one day... Um, the, one um, glorious day. Yeah, well, one day the uh, the World Trade Centre was on the, the side of the... Yeah, I know, Ooh. what did that mean? I what saw did an that eye. mean? No, but what did it mean? Bad taste. Probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I played it when it first came out the same as everyone and then played it for quite a while and did loads of pictures and things like that. And then after a while I just... I Stop playing because I thought, no matter how much I play this, what are the odds mm. it's going to be me that discovers it? Right, but I could win the lottery, and I have the mm. same faith in winning the lottery as I do in getting. <laughs> but all you've got to do is buy a ticket for the lottery. Here you've got a big tap and away. How do you away. feel about the amount of time you invested previous to that? Yeah, re- that's the revelation. Thing. Like I feel pretty hurt about it, but <laughs> I re- but I'd really like it for. There's one guy to find it out, and they just not tell anyone. We also played a game called Furiosity, didn't we? Mm, yeah. Uh, which was a response to curiosity. Uh, Daria? I don't think I could... I didn't really get my head around it. I tried to crack it, and I want, like as soon as I'd be like, oh, right, I think I got the, the system. I know how it works. And, and then I'd have two little cubes left, and I'd be like, damn it. It changed every time. Yeah, that was his I, point. Yeah. Yeah. But I like that because I felt smart because I got to level 21, and that what? was rewarding. 21? Yeah. Wow. I couldn't get past three. <laughs> <laughs> so Furiosity is a, a very simple puzzle game, again, about chipping the... Uh, surfaces of cube to mm. try and turn them all one colour, but this time the rules change with every level. There's a logic to yeah. it, basically. It's mm-hmm. not mindless. There, there's a there's a certain knack to, to working it all out, and it, it changes every time. Sometimes it might be as simple as you know you can only go one side and then the other, or sometimes it'll be you tap one and one somewhere else will go off, and you have to tap it again to do it. You know, it, it you realize you, it's it's about working out a pattern, basically. It's like that little game lights out. Do you yeah, ever have exactly, that? Yeah, 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 it's exactly like that. Basically. But, but the thing that kept me playing this game until I think something like that, level 23, probably level 24, that's not a competition, but was a genuine sort of inner curiosity as to what the rule set would be yeah. next and mm. whether I could beat it, which I think is quite interesting and, uh, you know, perhaps a better title than Peter Molyneux. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can almost forgive curiosity existing because of Furiosity. I think it's, right. it's, it's an excellent little game. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed Furiosity much more than I enjoyed Curiosity. Um, curiosity because curiosity is like it just it has this weird fake mysticism thing around it you know where it's like got this floating like where it's are you curious enough it's and I'm just like imagine right. like, Molyneux just like dancing like someone's on cool dad behind the cube <laughs> just like hello that's what's behind it yeah. but it's also the hashtags it's like oh harnessing social media yes <laughs> but yeah curiosity like, I, I did have like a pattern that's like really enjoyable to sort of try and work out but I'm like massively illogical so my, my brain is actually sort of I am quite mindless so I just was like randomly clicking every single time and as soon as that didn't work out I was like oh I'm no good at this game and just switched off vaguely I, th- I think that's that, that's um that's an all right way to play it just tapping until you and until it clicks and you know you're happy to wander around a, a randomly generated <laughs> island for ages yeah <laughs> but but this but one as yeah. soon as logic is involved right. no thanks but that's interesting Simon that y- you know that parallel there 
I, I, no, but you can see, yeah, no, absolutely. But you can see why I, so I, I can see why I preferred this because it's like you, you, you know, you, you, I, I'd play it while I was on the phone and just sort of tapping to see when the lights change and see if you can work it out. And then eventually it clicked, and you're like, great, let's do something new now. And, and that, that, it, I guess, I guess because the goal is very, very exactly. it's, visible, it, right? It's immediate. So yeah. if Proteus said walk to that jetty try and get to that jetty <laughs> over there yeah. then you well i i, I don't know I, I yeah i i but then it would be an altogether different experience for what the developer was going out for wouldn't mm. it I think it's it's what childminders like to call structured play, Simon. Okay, <laughs> that's what you like is structured play. Right. You like rules. And what else do childminders say about this? <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. It's very important what childminders say about games. Okay. When I started playing Curiosity, it was like you know uh, when you watch the first series of Lost, and it's like you really want to find out, and it's like yeah, the first week of playing Curiosity was like that. The first series of Lost, you like everyone loved it. Everyone really wants to know what it was. And by the, the end of the first week, it's like right now it's like the end of the second. Series <laughs> lost. You're dragging it out a little bit now, like, yeah, really. Snow over snow again, taken from chipmusic.org. This is One Life Left. No continues. We are a video game book club on the radio. We really need to get a firm definition for this. If you know what we are, and it is polite enough to tell us, <laughs> uh, email team at onelifeleft.com. Uh, we are broadcasting live on Resonance 104.4 FM across London. You can also find us on the internet at www.resonancefm.com. We don't have a Twitch TV stream yet. Shame. That's because we have faces for radio. <laughs> that was a global neg. <laughs> Gav. Yo. We're talking about Amazing Alex, aren't yeah. we? Tell us about Amazing Alex. Well, it's like, um, it's, it's on iPhone or I think it's on Android as well, but it's like an old PC game called The Incredible Machine. Um, which I loved when I was a kid. It was my favourite game, I think, that I played because it's basically like the art. It's like sort of like a Rube Goldberg sort of style, getting one thing to do another thing in the most like crazy way possible. Um, and each level sort of adds new uh, sort of things in. So like the first one is very basic, it's like get a ball into a basket, and then you add it adds more and more crazy stuff like balloons and buckets and punching things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it for a while, and then got really frustrated with it at one point um, and sort of stopped playing it. Okay, at the beginning, is, though, amazing. Uh, this is Rovio's follow-up yeah. to Angry Birds, isn't it? It's uh, Big Hope. It's been out for a while. Do you know how well it's doing? I don't, actually. I'd never, I'd never heard of it until I had to come on this. And I've sort of been wanting to play The Incredible Machine for a while. I've had like, a Yeah, had to come on it. <laughs> dragged in off the street. Privileged um, enough. <laughs> isn't it? Um, didn't Rovio buy it in? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so how did you feel the sort of curiosity theme tied into this? Uh, it's a lot more... It, this, this is an actual game mm-hmm. game. Like, you know, there's a very strict, you need to do this. and But it's sort of... The curiosity bit is how interesting you can do it because you can solve them, some of them. When you get further on, you can solve them in different ways. Mm-hmm. So some one person might solve it in one way, but you can solve it in a completely different way. And it's up to you to make... And there's, uh, there's downloadable levels as well, so people have made these crazy ones that can be solved like, really easily or with, like, everything. Right. OK. Um, what did you find interesting about it? Um, making it, 
like really really hard for yourself basically so there's an easy way of as i said there's an easy way of getting all three stars and like going on to the next level but then seeing how much in the later level seeing how much i could really make it sort of hard and fill the uh, screen with as much crazy stuff as possible just to get a ball into a basket but you said <laughs> that that sort of uh, the, the appeal for it waned as you went on uh, yeah levels. because the uh mostly because some when the, when they introduce a new uh, like a new thing into the game, they they really hold your hand for quite a while, mm-hmm. um, and sort of rather than just give you the stuff and go right work it out, it, it really makes it obvious for like the first sort of seven levels of each world what you've actually got to do because they're introducing like oh now there's a bucket and a scissors and a, and a string into it, um, whereas I'd rather just didn't do that and just let you get on with it. Right, I think that sort of calls back to some of the Proteus stuff we were yeah. talking about. Right, you you like to be discovering these yeah, things exactly. rather than being yeah, told yeah. here are some scissors what are you going to do with the scissors yeah. they burst things yeah. and in a way for me this game was about trial and error mm. a lot of the time when the level loads in I'm just going to hit play to see what happens Definitely, right? Yeah. and that's my curiosity oh how's this going to affect it and then this but if you're constantly telling me okay you've got to use this table to deflect this yeah. now drag this here which it does throughout the tutorials but also does later in the game yeah. as well makes it obvious that spoils some of the joy for me that's why like, all the, the, a lot of the downloadable levels and the levels that people are making I think it's people like normal people that are making them <laughs> normal um, people because <laughs> <think so>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of them it's like, sort of like a little bit like Little, little Big Planet where mm-hmm. the actual single player game isn't that good but then you look at some of the stuff that people are creating and that is even way better then so they, give you the, they give you the tool to be as creative as you can basically how did you get on Kara? quite a fun fun time sort of um, playing it but as as you say it is very annoying that they keep like holding your hand through all of the levels mm-hmm. um, I just sort of kept myself amused with the fact that um, I felt like I was Amazing Alex was actually sort of a kid MacGyver who was just like in his dad's basement like messing around with like various different um, tools and sort of buckets and things um, but yeah no I, I did basically quite enjoy it just because it's it's very just it's sort of a basically just a physics puzzle isn't it is that you drop stuff on stuff and see what happens and that's quite cool because it's sort of experimental but yeah it is ruined a little bit by the fact that they're like oh this goes here and you're like oh thanks you know i could have worked that out myself I mean, it's tremendously professionally produced it's, yeah. it's it's very very slick and my phone isn't the greatest i was impressed at how you know smoothly it yeah. works but i think ultimately the thing that you said as well about this being a straight copy of The Incredible Machine and yeah. many games since then as well ruined some of that curiosity for me as well because I've played it all before and that's yeah. something that all video games are always fighting against. As we get older, we have played most of them before. But I think in the case of Amazing Alex, um, it's clearly aimed at, a, at a younger, an audience younger than us, which mm. is why it holds... I mean, I obviously found that frustrating. Um you know, because I'm I'm pretty clever at this sort of thing. But yeah, <laughs> but 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 these but these these uh, these kids won't have played the Incredible Machine, no, will they? And, and and they're, they're and they're excellent games just to sort of mess around with and all of that sort of stuff. I I did like how they tried to shoehorn a plot into it. Yeah, that was <laughs> really strange. Yes. Very odd. But um, yeah, aside from that, I thought it was uh, yeah good. You so 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 on one hand, the handholding you find as an adult frustrating, but you can sort of see why they did it. Yeah. I think I think kids though are way more intelligent than you think that they are, and actually, if you leave them alone with the game, they're they're pretty much just going to figure it out. I think so. Trial it's trial and error. It's trial trial and error. So I think actually they've probably underestimated kids in that manner. I mean, what assumes it's kind of uh, data driven that all of that will have come from intense focus testing where they have placed uh, kids in a room with that game yeah. and seen how many of them spend half an hour just doing the same thing over and over and over again and try to, you know, tease them through the levels so they can get to the places where they're paying more money, i.e. for extra levels uh, or providing user-generated yeah. yeah, content for them. Um, but the, the, I do believe in what you're saying, which fundamentally the exciting thing about these things for me is when this game is Lego. Right, and you are playing around with it and making cool stuff, yeah, and and seeing what happens and finding weird solutions for things. When it's just dragging a place into a ghosted yeah. out spot, that's not so cool. Yeah, EA did like a really similar game called Create a few years back, mm-hmm. which was the si- similar sort of idea, of, like all these crazy ways of doing all this different stuff. And I didn't do terribly well, and I think th- like maybe the reason for that is because that was a lot more open world and there was a lot more sort of here's the toolbox, do whatever you want with it, and it maybe like it sort of needs to find a good way in between of holding your hand and not introducing everything at the start and actually sort of guiding you a little bit more maybe. Mm. I think it, someone said something very interesting at GDC last 
last year um, about, I think it was the maker of Plants and Zo- versus Zombies. Um, he said that he found that it was um, better to sort of handhold in a separate tutorial. So you can go back to the tutorial at any time and you can learn new skills to help you get through the puzzles in the actual game. But then the game is actually just, a, you know, a playground for you. Um, it's sort of an individual playground for you. Um, so. I found that the handholding made me really lazy. So at first I was like, oh, sweet Scantlebury, you got that first time. Oh, you got that one first time. And then they take that away from me. I'm like, yeah. what? Oh, that's annoying that I've got to think for myself. And I just got really lazy and was like, yeah, I'll put this down for a little bit. And then I'd go back to it and work it out and it would be fine. And I'd be like, yeah, come on. And then the next thing they introduced, I'm so good at this. And then I got bored again because yeah. I had to think. Did you I, enjoy it? I don't know if I did. You played I, it and I you d- got I through can, it and, yeah, it and time passed. but Yeah, but I don't, but I wasn't like, yes, can't wait to play this again. Um, I was, yeah, I absolutely, those balls went in that basket <laughs> and <laughs> I completed that level. And that's pretty I think it was the it. same for me, yeah. really. I mean, after a while, I was kind of just playing it to get the three star rating. And then, like, I sort of had to stop myself and go, why am I, do- I'm not really enjoying this. Like, I've, I've gone through, like, pretty much, I haven't got that far through. I've gone through most of the... Um, the backyard stuff, um, but then I just was like, yeah, it's 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 kind of it's kind of just you know the same thing again and again. Really, I find. I wonder whether part of that is the sort of focus testing type mm. of thing that it, yeah. it it smooths the the process so much and it's so professional, so slick, but then all of the trace of the unexpected, right, is gone. Mm. Yeah, it, it was a very mechanical process after a while, really. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's because they, they want to make money from the, the mi- microtransaction type thing? Do you think it's actually spoiling the play? It, sorry, was it, did you pay for it on iOS? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. it's free on Android, isn't it? Uh, I paid for it. <laughs> did you? Right. Okay. So, 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 how does the microtransactions work? I, I'm not sure. I thought that you you sort of mentioned that there's a microtransaction. I think you pay for the levels. I'm not sure there are microtransactions in it right now, um, but it's. I was talking more generally about okay. this sort of experience yeah. and how they uh, focus test to lead people to the places uh, okay. where uh, where they can gain money from them, yeah. uh, earn money from I wonder, them. I wonder if there is something like that in it because um, I didn't. I didn't. Anne's just that. looking into this now. She's she's <laughs> she's googling for it on I mean, Eurogamer. Like, you know, if Angry Birds is anything to go by, you know they did introduce more stuff to that over yeah. time, so I'm sure they will. Mm. It's like a bit like um, they played Hydroventure on the 3DS. The first oh the first one was on WiiWare mm-hmm. and it was sort of this open world where you play this bit of water and you go around and you discover all these different crazy things but you, you're left sort of up, your own, up to your own devices of where you go but then when it came out for 3DS they've introduced like this cra- it's really well produced but they've introduced like a storyline and characters and things and it just sort of it's almost overproduced then and it's sort of, you, it loses that sort of magic of going like all around the map and opening up bits and bobs now it's like you have completed this level you have three stars and it's like I just lose something with me then hmm. it's a strange balance some, some how between that sort of giving yeah. someone a task like we've been talking about the things that put off Simon you know uh, and not knowing exactly what to do and giving him too many tasks and hand-holding yeah. and achievements everywhere and just making them bored like Anne and going okay well now I don't have to think for myself I'm being told all the time the whole game is just a tutorial yeah interesting I'm, I'm becoming obsessed with three-starring um, Angry Birds Star Wars I, I'll, I'll play the same level for about half an hour until, oh, I, until I three-star it. And that's never happened to me on any of the Angry Birds games either, yeah. which I, I, I don't like. Yeah. What am I turning into? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. I've, I've been playing it on the tube, um, Amazing Alex, and I was playing it, and there's a guy sort of looking over my shoulder, and I was really rubbish at this one particular level. <laughs> I sort of just, like, could feel him looking at me, and maybe he wanted to tell me that, like, how I should, I should have done it. So I just sort of closed it down and went, oh, that's rubbish to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Fire up Angry Birds Star Wars. <laughs> um, today on the tube... There was a woman doing that thing which I, I loathe, which is where you uh, lick your finger to turn the pages of oh. the Metro, which I also loathe. Uh, and I was really, really um, disgusted by this, but I thought I can make it through because she's going to uh, finish the paper soon. She was near the back end of it, and she finished the paper, folded it up, took out her iPad, and licked her finger. Oh. Uh. Start using the iPad. No idea. 
Do you know what weird. I thought I was being judged when I was playing Curiosity because I was just mindlessly tapping away on the <laughs> on the pixels and someone like there was a girl sat next to me and I could feel like staring at me. Do you know I felt that as well? On the probably, tube. Well, yeah, quite right. Like, Maybe quite right. <laughs> these people, guardian angels, rapid. They were probably all just wondering what was in the box. Yeah, <laughs> I think you just come across a bit of an idiot. So yeah, just, you're just like tapping what? away furiously on this mm. thing. <laughs> This is another piece of music which would have been a much better fit for after we talked about Proteus. This is Sleepy Time Jesse and Meeting the Forest Elders, which is from a concept album based on sounds from the Super Nintendo. I've worked out the point of curiosity with you guys just describing how you were playing it. So that while everybody's tapping away on their phones, it's so that Peter Molyneux can pass freely among us. Without being hassled. Exactly. Does anybody know where he is? <laughs> he's, just, he's just walking around. I think that game was an idea. You know, you know his um, imposter on Twitter, the other guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it was him. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it sounds like his yeah, yeah. thing. Very good. Right, it's time to talk about our final game of the evening. Space Engine. So... I was going to ask you to put your hands up. That doesn't really work out. Um, can we can we all go around the room saying I or nay whether we've played Space Engine? Start with me. I. Uh, me next. No, I tried, but it wouldn't run on my PC. Um, I. Nay. No, it's not compatible with Max. Nay, but I did watch a lot of videos about it. So did I. That's not the same thing. <laughs> it's I, not the same I thing. It. <laughs> So, tell me about Space Engine. Um, no, I got it to work, but it was a bit temperamental. It was an absolutely massive file, and I had, an, I had to spend an age extracting it. But when I did finally get it to work, I realised why. And it is basically a universe simulator. The whole universe? Well, it seemed like the whole universe. I'm not sure if it was entirely, because that might have formed some sort of black hole. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's pretty huge. Um, and it's a little bit dense as well. There were a lot of toolbars and a lot of buttons, and I couldn't really figure it all out. But there are a lot of cool things as well, like you can have a spacecraft mode, which basically means you can zoom through space, or you can um, just type in uh, a celestial body to go straight to it. Um, and I found that the experience was greatly improved by playing the Battlestar Galactica soundtrack um, <laughs> just over the top of it. So yeah, I, uh, that was that was a good point for me. It doesn't even bill itself as a game, does it? It's, it's called a planetarium, I think, when you load it up. Yeah, it's, it, do, it doesn't feel like a game, to be honest. It feels more like sort of a learning tool that someone might use if they wanted to find out more about the planet. Mm-hmm. I guess I um, had heard great things about this but never experienced it for myself and heard that it was a good pair for mm-hmm. with Proteus and for this theme and I really struggled to get it to work mm-hmm. as well I think it crashed my PC maybe uh, 20 or 30 times while I've been playing it. Um, it sounds like it'd be great if you get it to work properly. I mean, there was there was um, an option where you could land on a planet mm-hmm. or something, but absolutely every time I tried that, it crashed. Right. I, I, it worked for me, but it would crash after a while of being on the planet's surface. But I think it's telling that even after 25 crashes, I was still loading it up again because it is magnificent when it's it works. It's absolutely beautiful, it's, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful and it's stunning. The scope of this thing, um, to be able to click, so you, you begin behind a star, mm-hmm. uh, by a star, and it's it's uh, against a, a sort of field of other stars, millions of them, mm-hmm. thousands of them, um, and you can click on them and it tells you their star name. You think, oh, that's neat, okay, fine. And then you click on another one, it tells you what type of star, it tells you how many planets are around it, it's how many moons, and that's yeah. cool. And you think, oh, this is very nice, interactive. But the thing is, you can zoom through space once you've found the control, which took me, I don't know, an hour <laughs> to find the control to speed up time so you're not moving at one metre a second or even one astronomical unit a second, but one parsec a second, and you're zooming through space, and suddenly these stars move around. Yeah. Uh, and you realise all of this 
exists. And not only does it exist, but it's modelled on the actual universe. So I found a star, um, zoomed into it, found a planet around it, went down to the planet's surface and looked and watched a sunset over horizon and it was genuinely beautiful was and then beautiful, my pc yeah. crashed i noted down the name of the star before i uh, it crashed because i thought it would crash and i wanted to go back there and i googled it and it turned up the actual star and it was the same it was you know it was a yellow giant and in i, it, I couldn't believe it it makes you feel very very small <laughs> very 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 small it, it, it's it's made by one man is it did i get is, is that right i i it's certainly one or two people it's a small team project in russia, in russia yeah um and it, it it blew me away i can't i can't wrap my head around how it's possible to how do this sort of thing it is, yeah. and of course some of the stuff is fictional as well so we don't yet know whether there are planets around these stars we know that there are some planets but we don't know uh details about the solar systems um ar- around all of these stars but we do know these stars exist and so the guy has somehow mathematically generated these systems around it's just filling in the gaps really right, I mean, yeah, you know, so of, of our knowledge exactly you space. can't see where the line between the fiction and the non-fiction uh is and that makes it even more compelling because you genuinely feel like a, a, a an explorer, explorer right? right yeah in outer space and also each of these things feels unique to you because there are so many millions of stars out there that when i click on one and zoom into it and then click on a planet around that and zoom into that and then click on a moon i know the chances are none of you guys have ever been there i don't know i clicked on a lot of stars <laughs> <laughs> but then when you're on that planet you can fast forward time wait for it to rotate pick a bit of the planet zoom into onto that coastline go on that mountain and take a screenshot from there at that point in time when the sun sets over there and i don't think even you with all your clicking will have seen that but i could tell you where to go yeah i could give you the location and that makes the experience like we were saying earlier so much more personal it feels i mean i kept clicking on things and i actually felt quite worried i kept like you know i'm gonna get lost i'm not gonna be able to find my way back it was just that it just (laughs) but there is no back is there yeah because it's everything and it's everywhere and there's no did anybody find earth because you gotta i typed it in (laughs) i find it (laughs) (laughs) but it's just incredible that you know there are things which are called god games to me this felt like the closest that you could actually probably come to calling something a god game because you're literally cruising around the universe being like star over there gonna go there supersonic speed through like and the stars are coming at you and they're and they're real as well this is not an effect it's not like when you go to hyperspace in elite or something and stars streak around you these are actual things so you could do that manually like i saw something worked out how to control the time and just flew there and you know, on the way past a different star, thought, is that actually real or is that just an effect? Is it a pixel? So I clicked on that, zoomed in, and sure enough, it became an actual star. And around that, there were, you know, there were a group of planets. I, I can't get my head around the scale of this. It's just crazy. Yeah, just... So is it seamless? Yeah. So there's no loading no. or anything like that. I mean, right? occasionally the thing—it depends how fast your PC it is. It right. will, yeah. Okay. So it will be loading in textures and stuff. But if your PC is fast enough. Because it's funny, because you talking about it reminds me of the, the tech demo for Black and White with This is a Pete Molyneux themed oh, show, yes. isn't it? Where it starts with a worm on an apple or something and zooms all the way out and people were impressed and look how that turned out. It made out, me basically. feel uh, like Black and White a little bit in that sort of, you know, controlling all, all omnipotent sort of being, you know, just cruising around past a nebula or something. It, it, it does give you that sort of scary feeling of vertigo as well at the same time. It cannot have been made by hand though, can it? I mean, what do you mean? <laughs> well, in that, in, <laughs> what I mean is, um, if you say that all of the stars, uh, if it's got information on all of the stars which are accurate, uh, that can't have been... Well, it, it, it will be taking in, I believe, uh, the data files. NASA are very open about okay, all of the data right. they accrue. Uh, yeah, and oh, so, so Well, you can... <laughs> <laughs> it's taking someone else's data. It's taking <laughs> NASA's data, basing the known universe on it, and then going further than that. <laughs> And uh, you can even take, I believe you can download, you know, like you said, it's a very, very big file um, to download. I think it's 500 meg or something. There are even bigger files to texture Mars and Venus and stuff with everything we know about them. So you can make it the universe, or at least our part of it, even more rich. Um, and as a learning tool, it's, it's something else. But as a gameplay experience, I had more fun, I think, with this than with any game uh we've played this week but again i think that it's to do with this uh you are going for your own experience only you will see these things and there's like little things where you just have a moment where you're like 
oh my god that's so beautiful and that's real and it's on my computer this is amazing no one else is ever going to see this i was sitting at work this evening uh playing it and i called my boss over because i was like this is so cool this looks amazing and it's just so beautiful and it's real and i saw it and i showed it to someone else but you'll never see exactly the same thing that i saw it's yeah but then going back to the theme of curiosity i think i mean that's that's kind of the appeal right that you're it's almost like you know you're taking a little virtual flag and sticking it in a planet because you feel like maybe there's a chance that i'm the only person that's been here you can put i didn't do it myself but it said that there was a thing where you could put locators in and was that just to map for yourself so that you could go around i I, I mean, couldn't really work it out. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's <laughs> there is a sort of element of curiosity here in that none of us knew what we were doing when we went into this program. We all had to spend that time understanding the controls. There is a bookmarking system in the same way you go to a planet and you, you know, you can just click bookmark and type in a title for this planet and remember that sort of thing. Well, I think you can share those as well. There's a, uh, a travel log as well. So, you, mm-hmm. so the point where I was just clicking on stars and it zooming there and then clicking another one zooming there and then I went and had a look through. I was like, oh, I went to <laughs> a ton of stars. Well done. <laughs> I did start humming the Star Trek theme after a while as well. I was on the um, the forum for this game trying to work out more about it actually trying to find out where the line between reality and fiction is Mm. i didn't find that out but i did find out that the guys presumably uh influenced by minecraft and the millions uh that notch has are trying to bolt on a game to this now do you think it needs it i can't see how really i suppose i mean it's it's so vast i don't i just don't i just don't know how you would make a game in all of this that would be compelling yeah, yeah. it's there's, it's just too big and it's just i don't mm, you no. can do like a spaceship simulator where you can kind of navigate yourself with just you know standard three buttons and you can kind of just cruise at your own pace rather than put aliens in it <laughs> you could probably randomly generate sort of dogfight situations maybe it sounds like i, I think know. i think that would be like That's randomly generating weapons inside Proteus. Yeah, but that's what I mean, is that it seems like a disjointed idea. It yeah. doesn't seem like it would fit. I suppose what I would like is the thing that um, I think you guys were alluding to, which is uh, almost a, a album to collect these experiences mm. and to be able to say, OK, I found a volcano, right? Uh, and I have found a, uh, a binary star and a habitable planet Mm. orbiting Mm. that to be able to sort of tick off these things and maybe that is slightly against the spirit of it and is Mm. edging closer to the achievements in Proteus but that seems to me like the most obvious gamey type thing you could do I'm not sure whether it will make it better or worse, but I think I would certainly enjoy that, um, flying around collecting those experiences. Or, or you could just make it compatible with the Lumia Room and just make it a massive immersive experience. Mm. But is that... Yeah. It, it sounds like it would be good if you could have if you could go into somebody else's world, world and take them around with you so you can sort of boat two people going around together, because then mm. that's the sort of thing where you are sharing those experiences and then going, oh, remember last night when we saw this thing? Um, but, I, yeah, I haven't played it. I couldn't get it to one because I've got a Mac, so I <laughs> going on it. But... Um, I watched a lot of videos and I sort of thought, well, it's sort of a planetarium thing, so watching the video is going to be the same thing. But yeah, I obviously not didn't have any kind of the same experience because it was like a Let's Play video with some crazy American guy talking over the top of it all the time, which wasn't very nice. <laughs> Can you um, think of any other games that you would have liked to include it today, Gav? Mm. Curious games. Uh, well, on the first list, we had Nobby Nobby Boy, which I was really excited mm. about. Because, um, yeah, I played a lot of that when I was at uni. What's Nobby Nobby Boy? Uh, well... <sighs> <laughs> it's, like, it's sort of like Katamari, it's like that crazy sort of generated game where you control a worm thing, and it's all about like sort of shapes and colours. It's basically like you're a toddler again and discovering <laughs> new things. Um, but yeah, it, it sort of has a little bit more to do in it. You have sort of like levels and things like that a little bit more. Vague, vague goals. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I suppose the slight prompt to do stuff is to try and get your nobby nobby boy yeah. to be as stretched out as possible, right? Yeah. And that is something that while you're doing that you will discover new things and that will lead you off in other directions yeah. so maybe that's the sort of kickstart that maybe something like proteus would benefit from not a um a list of achievements mm. but just a single task that will start your head thinking about other tasks 
Yeah, maybe I have to say I didn't feel like I needed that with Proteus, mm-hmm. but then maybe you know I'd be more inclined to go back to the game rather than because I mean I can't see myself playing it ever again now. Yeah, I think I I think maybe that's my experience. I was surprised, Cara, when you said that you you know after a hard day playing video games and, and working on video games, you go back and play Proteus because. I, I found it very, very re- relaxing, um, but I found Space Engine so much more compelling. Uh, it- I, I mean, I don't always go home and play Proteus. <laughs> like, that's not. I mean, I find that actually Proteus is a, a therapeutic experience. So if I've had a particularly stressful day, it's actually amazingly mm-hmm. relaxing. And it, also, this, this other game that you played, um, the Space Game. It sounds similar in that it's just, uh, you know, you don't have to do anything or achieve anything. Um, Whereas at at work, there are very specific goals you have to achieve by the end of the day. (laughs) So when you come home, you don't want to have any more challenges presented to you, I find. Um, On the weekends, you you might want to, you know, indulge in something like that. But I think Proteus is a perfect sort of like cup of tea, sit down sort of game. Well, it's almost like an ambient CD, isn't it? It's almost like, you know, whale sounds and sounds of soothing. Yeah. Ocean, that's yep. what it's kind of like. Proteus, Ed, Ed Key, I'm going to get in contact with Ed Key, who made Proteus, and be like, this is the whale sound of the games, <laughs> of the games industry <laughs> that you created. We've got a minute of the show left. Um, how can we sum up curiosity in video games? Simon. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I don't know, I can't answer that. Um, no, no, not my thing. He's just not a curious person. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I think I think it's a huge part of human life, right? You should, we should always be curious about everything in every aspect of our lives. We should, if something happens we don't understand it, we should try and find out why. That's how we learn and that's how we grow. And there's something hugely compelling about that to me as well. Like it's exciting to know what's in the box, even if it's not exciting to know what's in that box. Mm. And I think that's what's beautiful about Proteus. What's beautiful about Space Engine, Space Engine, and what's beautiful about Furiosity as well, is finding out how the games work. So testing boundaries. Testing boundaries. It's perfect. Guys, thank you so much for coming on today, uh, for being on No Continues, and thank you, listeners, for listening to us talk about games in our video game book club. We do need a better name for that, but we'll come up with one for next week, maybe. We'll be back then, uh, talking about another game set. You'll find out more about that on our Twitter, which is at... Twitter.com forward slash one left. But until then, goodbye! See you, bye! Bye! bye. 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 bye.